0: Welcome to the Any Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill.
1: And I'm Kayla Hemphill.
0: On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Hello again. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the anime that stepped up to the plate is called Little Busters. Little Busters started as a visual novel in 2007. It was produced by a studio called Key which has produced a mix of adult and all-ages visual novels over the years, uh, mostly dating sims, though. They are most famous for Clonade, uh, which also became a, an extremely popular anime series. There were 14 manga adaptations of this particular uh, franchise, plus a number of other publications in addition to that. Uh, and then there was also this 26-episode anime series in 2012, which is the show that we watched. And a thirteen-episode second season came uh, shortly thereafter.
1: Fourteen—that's a lot.
0: Yeah, it it appeared that they were like all focuses on different characters, and they were in different art styles, or they were about different aspects of this franchise. But yeah, a lot of different ones. Hmm. All right, Kayla, would you like to give us the plot?
1: Childhood friends, Ricky. Kiyosuke, Masato, Kingo, and Rin will soon be separated by graduation and impending adulthood. To make the most of their last year together, the students decide to start a baseball team named the Little Busters. All they need is to practice, to find team members, and to learn how to play the sport.
0: Yeah, they're not so good at the baseball in this show, are they? Not so much. Uh, so I guess we'll jump into the characters. Um you mentioned their names, but uh, our main character is Riki, and uh, he is kind of generic, and I think that's on purpose, of course, because in a lot of these visual novel kind of adaptations, uh, you would have been playing as this character, and so they they like to keep it kind of open-ended, um, just just so that you are able to kind of see yourself in the position of the character that you're playing.
1: What's really interesting about this one in particular is that Ricky is pretty androgynous. Yeah. In fact, the voice actor that plays Ricky is female.
0: Yeah, uh, both the English and the Japanese versions.
1: Yeah, and and the way that he's drawn is very slender and frail and not really hyper-masculine or feminine in either way.
0: Yeah, and uh, we, we were kind of chatting about what that might mean in terms of the visual novel, since both of us don't really play these currently. Um, I know we've both taken a crack at some visual novels in the past, but uh, something like this specifically, we didn't know. Maybe this is this is probably because, like, they want to encourage both men and women to play this particular visual novel. Yeah. Uh, likewise, this is not one of their adult visual novels, uh, so it was more of an all-ages kind of crowd. Um, which Clonaut is the same way. It's, it's pretty straightforward, like, dating sim, but without all the, the gross stuff. <laughs> they did manage to uh, re-release this game later on in an adult version, <laughs> so there's no escaping.
1: Apparently not.
0: Uh, one of the other characters is Kyosuke. He is a year older than the other people that we've talked about in this show uh, who kind of form the main group of friends. And uh, as such, he's going to be graduating soon, and, and the group is kind of looking towards their future and seeing how they might be splitting up at some point and uh, not keep in contact the way that they currently are. So I think it, it's kind of like mostly his idea to to start the baseball team. Um, other characters had said, hey, we, we should be doing something this year, like to hang out and to just make this a memorable year and he came up with the idea of the baseball team
1: in general he seems pretty impulsive because shortly after he suggests a baseball team he suggests that they start a band together yeah and he just kind of randomly takes off like he walks to tokyo which is not near where they are and he just kind of pops in with new ideas all the time,
0: which is pretty funny as an as an overall kind of like character choice for this show because this is what they end up doing is like the whole show is about them forming this baseball team. none of them play baseball. Uh, this was just his random kind of arbitrary idea for keeping them together. and I don't think he took it any more seriously than he took his you know idea of all becoming rock stars, but this is the one they stuck with.
1: It's funny because anytime that he comes up with one of these random ideas, he seems to have pretty good logic for the reason why. When they question him about it, he will actually give them a pretty eloquent answer of why they should do this. And it kind of makes sense.
0: Uh, so Kiyosuke also has a younger sister who is the age of the rest of the students. Uh, her name is Rin. She is noteworthy for a couple reasons, and she would probably be considered, like, the the primary heroine of the show, um, if you were playing this as a visual novel. And as far as her baseball skills, she can throw incredibly powerful shots that, like, rocket towards the sky, but she has zero aim.
1: Yeah, she has no control over where the ball goes.
0: Uh, There was a, a pretty good scene of her winding up for a shot, and... You can't see the ball move at all because it's so fast, but you just see somebody in the background, like, crumple to the (laughs) ground because they've been hit by this baseball.
1: It's usually Masato.
0: Yeah, usually. (laughs) Uh, So Masato is um, Ricky's roommate. And he's kind of this wild character. He is always working out in, like, every scene where they're not doing something actively. Mm -hmm. He's got, like, a a new piece of gym equipment that he's working on, uh, talking about his muscles. uh, And he has kind of matching, you know, big crazy hair and wild clothing and all of that kind of thing.
1: Uh, The other thing that's really notable about Masato is that he sings songs about his muscles all the time. yeah and he frequently gets in fights with Kingo.
0: yeah Kengo is the like last remaining of the kind of core group of, of friends who start this baseball team. Uh, he to me at least seems like really quiet and focused. He's kind of the most level-headed of the group. Um, you will often see him practicing kendo. Uh, not to be confused with his name, which is Kengo, with a G. Terrible. Uh, so that that's like the martial art with the bamboo sword. Um, so you'll see him practicing that in the background all the time.
1: Yeah, and their fights are pretty hysterical.
0: Yeah, it, this was this was one of the great things about the first episode in introducing these characters.
1: Mm-hmm. So they'll end up like starting a fight, like in the. It's always at lunch. Yep and it's usually Masato <laughs> initiating and they've decided in order to make it i guess less dangerous because both of them are skilled fighters one with the bamboo sword the other one just with his fists yeah um that they have to use weapons randomly thrown at them from the crowd and so it It'll sometimes be like a banana or a toy or definitely a sword.
0: Yeah, there was a sword in there. <laughs> but it's okay because it was fake.
1: Sure. And Misato usually ends up with something completely useless. Yeah. And Kingo will get something actually helpful. Yeah.
0: Um, and this is great, too, because I was reading that this is actually a mechanic of the game. <laughs> Are you serious? Um, Each of these characters has, like, stat blocks. Mm -hmm. And as you're kind of playing the visual novel part where most of the game is just reading, uh, there's a number of mini-games. Like, there's baseball mini-games and there's this fighting game that you play (laughs) inside the visual novel. And your characters have these stat blocks that they can use to engage each other in fights. And one of the parts of that is that all the students provide random weapons... (laughs) And you end up with like a banana, and you have to figure <laughs> out how to beat the other person with it.
1: It's it's pretty amusing to watch.
0: I think in the first fight that they have on screen, uh, one of the weapons that one of the weapons that Masato ends up with is a cat, a live cat.
1: <laughs> yes, I forgot. And about that.
0: when uh, Rin sees this, she like immediately intercedes into the fight and is like no way are you going to fight with a cat. I'll take that. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, so this this becomes a recurring thing with her character is that she attracts a lot of cats to her and is often seen playing with them and naming them and feeding them uh, all around the school.
1: And there's scenes randomly where a cat is just kind of laying on her, like over her shoulder or on her head or something like that. Yeah. And they deliver her notes.
0: Yeah, that well, that becomes a a weird plot point uh, within these first episodes that we saw.
1: Yeah, so mysterious cats.
0: Yeah, we had mentioned the show is barely about baseball. Like I I said last week when we rolled this show that I was familiar with it, and I had never seen it because it was a sports anime, and I'm not into that. Well, if you look even a little bit at Wikipedia or search for the anime, you realize that it's hardly about baseball, and that's just kind of this one random sort of thing they threw in as a as a way to get these characters together, but that's not really what this story is. It's definitely more of just the, the kind of day-to-day life of the characters and... Um, in terms of the visual novel, of course, dating them.
1: So it's more of a slice of life, would you say? It
0: might might be <laughs> something along those lines, but uh, there's some other stuff going on here. Yeah, this is kind of common in this kind of visual novel. They they like to keep things interesting and and make a one dating sim like identifiable from another one by introducing some sort of weird thing that's going on and. Part of the story is you unraveling what that weird thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, obviously, we haven't made it far enough to really know what that is. But there's already hints of it going on. Uh, there's, there's definitely some sort of supernatural something happening.
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, there's a lot of these little hints all over the place. So there's kind of like what we were talking about with the cats, that there's these notes that are being attached to these cats that Rin encounters. And um, there's little things too, like the fact that the main character, Ricky, uh, has narcolepsy. Um, So he randomly passes out and wakes up um, at random times, which we didn't even get into until close to the end of the third episode.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's introduced weirdly in this show. It doesn't come up naturally at all. It's just like, oh, also, I have narcolepsy. And you're like, oh, okay. Here's, End of third episode. Beginning
1: of fourth episode. <laughs>
0: here's the gimmick. And this yeah. is what this show is actually going to be about.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it does just kind of drop this. And it, it doesn't really have an impact on the show yet. Um, so I think it rather than it being like an actual aspect of this character that we're supposed to care about... I think it's something that's leading up to other things that are going on.
1: Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that.
0: In fact, it's very easy to stumble upon spoilers for this this franchise if you're digging around too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, watch out for that if you if you happen to be searching for this show.
1: Yeah, I think I think Col and I both, in different perhaps similar ways, got spoiled for this show a little bit.
0: Yeah, which is. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later without—obviously without actually spoiling it here on the podcast. Um, but I don't think that necessarily negatively impacted what I think about this show, but we'll get to that. No, I agree. Um, aside from that, like, there's, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, the plot is pretty straightforward so far, and uh, again, that all just kind of leads to this being— something deeper than what they're showing on the surface. So, for instance, there's another character named Kamari, and she is, like, the first character who's introduced and recruited onto the baseball team uh, who wasn't part of the core group of friends. She's kind of generic, too. She's childish. She likes candy and, like, fairy tales and things like that. And very quickly in this character's backstory this weird stuff starts coming up about her brother and how she has dreams about this brother. Um, but her mom swears her brother doesn't exist and she doesn't have one. Uh, and then right at the end of episode four, before we ended the show, uh, we meet this mysterious old guy in a nursing home who shares her family name. Ooh.
1: Yeah, and he's like, don't ever bring that girl here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's really weird. Uh, Some of that stuff that they're introducing is coming across very unusual.
1: Yeah. One thing that we haven't talked about with this being an adaptation from a dating game is something that we've talked about with other anime that are also adapted from the same similar format uh, is that this show does not have all the really obnoxious... Sexy time stuff. Um, you mentioned that kind of briefly that this wasn't an adult-themed show. Originally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the anime didn't really go into that at all. And it's funny because because we've been exposed to so many of these shows. I kept waiting for it. And there would be times which I was like, up, oh, here it comes. This is it. And, and it wouldn't. And I realize I'm being tainted by... <laughs> our exposure to all of these, so <laughs> I, I was pleasantly surprised and and very grateful <laughs> that
0: yeah, which is is kind of my hope for this show um, is that the direction they do take it is in the weird like supernatural stuff mm-hmm. uh, that would definitely be more interesting than seeing another show about how much clothing we can take off of these girls
1: and one thing that i like about this is that all these girls aren't obsessed with the main character they actually have pretty normal relationships with him or with the other girls like they actually end up being friends with each other instead of you know oh who's going to get the attention of the main guy they actually all end up being friends which is nice
0: yeah so far so good
1: (laughs) (laughs) i want to have hope
0: (laughs) yeah i hope so too
1: All right, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly. Colin, do you have any thoughts about the animation, the character designs?
0: I actually have very little to say about the production of this particular show. Um, it is a show that is largely focused on its characters, which is kind of a, a nice change from our recent selections um, with all the mech shows coming up <laughs> and various fighting Things It was kind of nice to have something that was a little bit more character focused. That said, we're not seeing spectacular fights and action and, and drama and all of that. So, yeah, I, I think that the animation was good. Uh, this was done by JC staff, and they typically do pretty good animation. Um as far as character designs, these are very typical of Key characters, um, Key being the, the visual novel studio. So they kind of share similarity of, like, big, huge eyes with clonade characters that you might be familiar with. Um, but this series is a couple years removed from that particular franchise, and so it's modernized just a little bit over what you would expect from that, uh, while still kind of having that distinct look to the characters.
1: One thing I liked about the character designs is that for the most part, everybody's pretty normal looking. Nobody is way over the top or has crazy hair, Um, you know, like even Masato's hair, like you were talking about, is it's still like somebody could actually have that hairstyle, like it's an actual doable thing
0: his crazy hair mostly comes from like, he has a headband that he wears under it. And so it, it just kind of sticks up all fluffy.
1: Yeah. Um, and pretty much everybody has natural hair colors. And the reason why that's so interesting to me is because they are all still very distinct. You can still tell who each character is, even though they don't have crazy blue hair or crazy pink hair. There was kind of, one character that had sort of reddish pinkish hair and that was like the wildest thing that i had seen um for the most part they all look like normal high school kids and they were still able to be distinct which i thought was really a credit to the animators
0: yeah and um aside from that we we talked a little bit already about the main character and his design And how he does have a very androgynous kind of look and presentation to the character. Um, And it was very intentional in the the voice actor selection and everything. And in terms of the story, like, it's not really mentioned. Aside from, um, I think, maybe like once or twice they mention how the main character is is kind of the weakest in appearance of all the guys on the team. And um, apparently his stat block in the game is not great either.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think even Ren, the main girl, uh, she's even shown to be stronger than him. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to me because I know that there's several more girls to come because we've only seen two out of the five uh, members of the team that they need to fill out the ranks. And so it's interesting as the girls come that they still look very... Normal and average looking, but they're still able to be quite distinct in both the way that they look, but also in their personalities without being these caricatures that we've talked about with other similar shows.
0: Yeah, we we have briefly met one character who is, um, I forget what, but some sort of European descent. And that... Finish.
1: Can, she was finished. Finnish.
0: thank you. <laughs> that can be pretty hit or miss in anime. Um, like... Obviously, Japan gets a lot of visitors and um, people who move from from Europe uh, to stay there permanently or for a period. But uh, sometimes, especially in the English dubs of these characters, you get such weird, like really bad kind of, like you said, a little bit more on the caricaturized side of things.
1: Yeah, it was basically what an English speaker thought thought that a Finnish person would sound like if they were trying to speak English, which was strange.
0: Yeah, I don't think there was a dialect coach involved here. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, I will briefly mention the music. Um, I thought that the intro and outro music were actually really good. Um, They were a little bit more like upbeat and fun than a lot of songs that you would hear for this kind of thing and much better produced and more well sung than most of those as well. Um I believe this was performed by an actual like well-known pop singer rather than just reusing some of the cast for the show.
1: I think sometimes when we've talked about these shows that have been adapted from the visual novel games, we've talked about how in visual novels they'll have this very soothing static Kind of music, something that just isn't that dynamic because you're supposed to be reading, and they don't know at what speed you're reading. And sometimes shows will reuse that same music, or they'll just kind of bring that same feel. And this show didn't really seem to do that as much.
0: Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. Um, those visual novel scores tend to be very non distracting, um, where you're not supposed to notice that it's happening kind of like you said, and when they adapt those same scores to an anime, it doesn't work because it just feels lifeless. Uh, But these didn't feel like they were just kind of looped over the scene. It felt like they were actually placed there on purpose.
1: Yeah, I think it really worked for this show, more so than other shows we've seen.
0: All right, Kayla, you want to close us out with your overall thoughts?
1: For a show that is predominantly about the characters, I would have to say that I'm only interested in them at a very average level that's not to say that they aren't good characters that they aren't enjoyable it just really hasn't clicked with me yet and i can't tell if that's because they're building up to something or if that's because they're just sort of average characters there just hasn't really been anything super interesting about them or memorable really um i've talked about this with another show is I, I don't know if these characters would really stick with me. Um, so I I did get like amused by them with certain things like the fight scenes, especially those were amusing. But I don't know. I don't know if they've really gotten a hold of me.
0: And yeah, that obviously could be a result of the fact that you're not spending hours upon hours with each character individually like you would in the game. Um, but I, I do think there's a there's a foundation there that they could work with. Um, That could make the show interesting in its characters, Um, especially if this whole baseball thing works out in the show's favor, because they suck at it. (laughs) They're really bad at baseball and they have no idea what they're doing. So far, we have not seen a single game of baseball played, uh, which is great for me because I don't care (laughs) about it. Um, But I would much rather see them spend 23 episodes stumbling through how to play baseball and never actually accomplish (laughs) that goal. Uh, I think that would be a good basis for building characters on.
1: Yeah, I I agree that there is good foundation there. I just haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, yes, I love these characters. I want to spend more, like absolutely more time with them.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think for me, the reason is that they've kept dropping in these little weird things that aren't really relevant. Uh, They're trying to do a whole bunch of things at once. They're they're. You know, they're introducing you to this core group of friends. They're talking about this baseball thing. They're trying to recruit new people for the baseball team, which means they're bringing in a new character each episode. Uh, The main character has narcolepsy, and that has nothing to do with anything. And then you've got, like, these weird kind of subplots going on with the other characters. Um, So it does feel like they're trying to cram a bunch in and... I I do think these kind of like weird supernatural things that visual novels do pretty frequently can be pretty hit or miss. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to see how they would pull that off. This is different than something like Steins Gate, which is a 100% science fiction visual novel. That's what that game is about. Um, as opposed to it's. A dating game, or it's about these friends, and also there's time travel involved. It's kind of the opposite mm-hmm. so i I don't know if they can pull it off, and I don't yeah, don't know what to expect, really,
1: so there's actually quite a bit of time left for us to explore this and figure out if this does go anywhere with these characters because we have quite a few episodes left,
0: so Kayla. <laughs> Given that uh, we have those number of episodes left, would you be willing to watch them?
1: Uh, I'm going to say maybe. Um, I agree with you that I am more on board with the series than I was going in because it is significantly less about baseball than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) And I am pro, not sports. (laughs) Um, And I could be interested to see where the characters go. I do tend to get like a little overwhelmed by some of these dating game turned anime because there's just so many characters to keep track of, but I haven't really found anything that turns me away from this show. Um, I think it's just starting a little slow for me and I just haven't quite clicked in. So I think I'm willing to give it a few more episodes and then make a a stronger decision.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Um, I would agree on most parts. I think um, you're absolutely right that it feels slow. Um, I think there's some pacing issues with this this show for sure because the first episode is very fast. Uh, it's got a lot of energy to it, and that kind of really drew me in from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Especially when they started doing these randomized fights. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just I love the fact that the whole school is on board, and as soon as they know that this is happening, they just start chucking everything they can find at these characters. Um, But it lost that energy pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um, as it kind of became this weird baseball, supernatural friendship thing, and and I'm not quite sure what it is yet. That said, I kind of want to know what it is. (laughs) I I don't know what it is, and I want to know. Uh, So I'm actually going to say yes. And, you know, I'll I'll take the opposite approach rather than uh, here's a couple more episodes to let me decide whether I want to or not. It's here's a couple more episodes and maybe I'll change my mind (laughs) rapidly.
1: (laughs) All right. Half glass full, half glass empty. I, I see where we're going with this.
0: Uh, More than anything, what this show has made me want to do is listen to uh, the Pillows album uh, (laughs) called Little Busters, which has absolutely nothing to do with this show.
1: Colin is still waiting for some Pillows song to come on in one of these episodes.
0: I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. They licensed all of those songs for uh, Fooly Cooly and missed their opportunity.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I think that just about does it for this week. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website.
0: Thanks so much to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide and for the Random Button, which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. We'll say again, uh, we haven't mentioned in a while, but Verve is a great option, too. Uh, That's what we tend to watch all of these shows on. It provides all the stuff you would get on Crunchyroll, um, plus High Dive and a, a couple other anime resources and generally geeky kinds of things that you might be interested in. Uh, So you can actually find the dub or the sub version of uh, Little Busters on Verve. If you want to follow along with us each week, we'll have a link to the current title on our website and on social media. Thanks also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show. We're so grateful to have amazing music for our uh, program. If you want to learn more about him, you can check out his website, which I'll link to in the show notes and on our website.
1: All right. Are you ready to roll?
0: I'm ready. Random button in three, two, one. All right. Apologize in advance. Uh, Our show for the week, I think, is (laughs) Koihime Musou.
1: Okay. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I told you. Okay. I'm going to apologize, too. Uh, The first episode is called The Sisterhood of Kenu, Chohi, and the Sisters. I think.
0: Something like that.
1: We have no idea what this is.
0: Nope. The comments are not reassuring. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. (laughs) I'm worried. Well, (laughs) wish us luck, everyone. (laughs) Yay. Hopefully we survive to next week.
0: Yep, hopefully. (laughs) All right. I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye, everyone.
0: Random button in three, two, one.
1: Did you actually even press the button?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I always press it way ahead of actually saying it. (laughs) Okay.
1: Oh, no. That's never a good sound.